Welcome back to Archives of Fabella Daily, the podcast solving crimes in a magical world every day. Today is May 25th, equal to Gemini 5th. Books are available on Amazon. Please rate and review the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts and hit that subscribe button for more great stories right in your feed. May 25th. 1810 is the date citizens of Buenos Aires expel Viceroy Baltazar Hidalgo de Cisneros, starting the Argentine War of Independence. Meanwhile, in the magical world of Fabella, something went boom. I'm Dylan Foley, and this is Archives of Fabella. Beyond our world, there is love. Beyond our world, there is war. Beyond our world, there is life. Beyond our world, there is Fabella. Gemini 5th, 5810, FY, Fabella year. Equal to May 25th, 1810, AD, Earth year. It's the dawn of the machine age, when an industrial boom in Fabella gave birth to ingenuity and discovery. Ever since airships powered by pixie dust have climbed into the air, steam engine locomotives have charged down tracks, and cable cars swung on wires. Fabella has been irrecoverably changed. The cable car system is the most successful mode of transportation in this shift. Instead of cars, people all over the world board boxy carriages that are attached to a network of wires hanging over cities like a massive net. People are able to get to where they need to go faster than ever before. But something sinister is about to happen to this new clean mode of transportation. Millions of passengers in the world's biggest city are about to be put in the crosshairs of a dangerous killer. On Gemini 5th, 5810, cable installation workers for Camelot's Royal Cable Company die when a dynamite explosive is set at their worksite. Explosives are new to Fabella. They were only introduced a few years earlier when the USS Insurgent, a 40-gun naval frigate, crash-landed in Fabella in 5800 after passing through a portal linking Earth to the magical world. When the Avalon military receives a letter from the suspect stating that more bloodshed will come, the Avalon military has no idea how to deal with this threat. The letter ends with the suspect demanding a ransom of 230,000 crystal Avalonian discs. The disc is the national currency for Avalon. They are oval-shaped coins cast in bronze, silver, and the most expensive, crystal. Unable to comply with such an extreme ransom, the Avalonians turn to one of their enemies. 
Since the dynamite first originated from the crew of the insurgent, only a person with that crew would know how to hunt that suspect down. The crashed USS insurgent crew now goes by the name the Bloodborne Empire. They have been at war with Avalon for the past few years, using their guns to overpower witches and wizards who have a beginner's knowledge of gunpowder. Emperor Fletcher of the Bloodborns swears his people had nothing to do with the attack, seeing staging an attack on innocent bystanders as, quote, bad sport during wartime. He volunteers to send one of his brightest men to bring the perpetrator to justice, former naval private turned deputy sheriff of Shadowmere, Benjamin Towns. As a deputy sheriff, the affable Ben Towns is a tall, handsome man with long, silky brown hair and piercing blue eyes. He's got the looks in spades, but does he have the talent? Towns is one of the first law enforcement officers in Fabella tasked with investigating criminal activity. He is not a member of the military, and welcomes Avalonian guards to watch him at all times to make sure that he's not spying on them. Days after he's been assigned to the case, Another cryptic letter arrives at the Camelot military barracks. It contains detailed instructions for how to deliver the ransom money. The crystal discs must be placed in a burlap sack and loaded into an empty cable bus. 230,000 crystal discs is a lot and makes for a heavy haul for the suspect to simply pick up the bag and run. Towns has Avalonian soldiers fill the bag with tree bark instead. Towns uses Mutroma milk to disguise himself as a cable bus driver selected by the suspect. When the suspect tries to collect the sack, he'll turn around and pounce. On the night of the drop, the operation doesn't go as planned. Towns pilots the cable bus with the sack around the city, never encountering anyone coming to collect the ransom. He suspects the truth about his involvement got out because there's a mole in the military. The suspect made good on his threat. A pillar holding up a key section of wire track is blown. 1,900 people drop 100 feet to their deaths. The blast sends the city into a panic. Nobody wants to ride the cable cars if they're putting their lives in danger. They start to go back to horse-drawn carriages and safer mounted modes of transportation that stay on the ground. Not these new-fangled lifting contraptions. Correspondence between the Avalonian military and the suspect ceases. No other letter comes to the barracks teasing about a new attack. It's then that Towns realizes who the culprit might be. He orders soldiers to conduct a simultaneous raid on carriage stations, stables, anyone who profited from the horse-drawn carriage business. They hit pay dirt when Slith Tar cable owner Clifton Maycumber is found with over 20 pounds of dynamite. Maycumber's business was ruined by the cable car industry, and he sought to destroy it. The mole in the department is never found. Benjamin Towns is commended for his work and returns to the Bloodborne Empire. But the Avalonian military is too quick to dismiss him from their service. Emperor Fletcher 
desired to get a better sense of how Camelot functioned, the observant Ben Towns reported back everything he saw at the barracks. His presence in Camelot was chiefly an observe-and-report mission. He's able to tell Emperor Fletcher all the military's weaknesses, lifestyle habits, and people who could be trouble for them down the road. This is a much-needed step up in the war for the Bloodborne Empire, and contributes greatly to their ultimate victory. That's going to do it for us today. Subscribe now to get more new episodes right in your feed. Rate and review the podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Send your questions to archivesoffabella at gmail.com. Archives of Fabella is created, produced, and hosted by Dylan Foley with music by Garrett Ferris and Audioblocks. Books are available on Amazon in ebook and paperback. As always, look outside of what is possible and think about what might be.